Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. I hope you're ready to dive into what God has planned for us this morning. Um, It's a privilege and honor to lead Blaze Church with my husband, and so we're excited. We uh, just started a series, Bible Stories for Grown-Ups. Um, And so we're on part two of Bible stories for grown-ups. We're trying to make sense of some of the crazy stories you find in the Old Testament of the Bible. And so this morning, we are going to read about Daniel in the lion's den. And it's, it's, that story might bring up some questions in you if you know a little bit about it. I mean, there's a man and some big lions, and why does he get thrown into the lion's den? It, you might wonder, like, he probably did something really horribly wrong, right, to be thrown into a pit with lions. And maybe you wonder, like, does he escape? Um, how does he escape? Are the lions somehow sedated before he gets thrown in there? Is that why he's not eaten by them, right? And lastly, I think that we wonder, why does this matter for me, right? What impact does Daniel and the lion's den have on me today, here and now? So um, I read this article. um, It happened a few years ago. There was a woman that was... um, visiting the Bronx Zoo, and she decided that she was going to climb over the fence into, like, the lion's area, (laughs) and there was, like, a little moat that separated them, but the security camera shows, like, her here, and maybe, like, a few rows back, like, second row, lion, her, lion, and I was like, whoa, why would this woman do this? So I was reading the article, and she told the New York Post that she has no fear of animals at all, like, not at all, and she just wanted to get a closer look, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> so she, she voluntarily went into the lion's den, and Daniel, he does not voluntarily go to spend the night with lions, but what he does do is he predecides he would honor God no matter what his situation is, and so the book of Daniel It opens up and it gives us a lot of information that I think it's important for us to know on the front end, so before we get to the story. Um, Now, I want us to get this full picture of Daniel's life before he finds himself in the lion's den. Now, this was a time in history, in Middle Eastern history, different culture than ours today, that Jerusalem, which was Daniel's home nation, was under captivity by the Babylonian Empire. And now, I'm sure, like, that sentence put some of you to sleep, like it did for me. Like, I did not pay good attention in world history class. This is not my thing. But what I do know is that Babylon was not a godly nation. It was a powerful kingdom, but it did not honor God, the God of the Israelites, the God 
that Daniel serves. And so this is where Daniel finds himself as a young teenager against his own will in a nation that does not honor the God that he lives for. So Daniel's an exile in a foreign nation with many other thousands of uh, his Jewish peers. And we discover that Daniel, against all odds, it would seem as that would be like the worst case scenario, he actually thrives in Babylon. He thrives in a culture that does not honor or care about his God, his lifestyle. And um, they worshiped many other gods. And I feel like that's just very common for even where we are today. We live in a world, really, that does not honor the God that maybe you and I serve or the God that you came in this door wondering about. And so Daniel and his three friends, they actually end up being chosen to serve on the king's council. God gives them wisdom and provision, and they serve there for decades in the king's palace. It says in Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature. Scholars believe there was even Babylonian literature. I thought that was so fascinating that they understood literature. They were able to learn and grow. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So I want to just slow down and kind of talk about this for a moment because Daniel, he finds himself in the middle of a pagan nation and he was taken there by force. And yet God is still so evidently present in Daniel's life. God was still giving his people gifts to thrive in Babylon, literally Babylon. And for us today, this might look like in your job, at home, in relationships, in your neighborhood, maybe in this state. God has not abandoned us, his people. He gives gifts so that you and I can make a difference here and now on this earth just where we are. And so I'm not going to read the first five chapters of the book of Daniel for time's sake, but it's really crazy to see all the situations that Daniel faced throughout his life in Babylon. They're filled of amazing truths about how God made himself famous in a, in a country, in an empire that could care less about him. And I want to encourage you, if you have been reading with us on the YouVersion app, on the Bible, or even if you haven't, we're going to be starting a new study tomorrow on the book of Daniel. So if you want to join us, it's not hard. You could text the word Bible plan. I know it's two words, but you can put them together. Bible plan to 97,000. That's 97000. I was better at math. Um, but you can text that right now. You can write it down, text it later, and it'll send you the link so that you can join us starting tomorrow to discover more truths about Daniel's life. And so through the book of Daniel, um, him and his friends, they face many challenging moments. 
they chase um, they face moments where they can do what's right in God's eyes or they can do what's easy. But we're going to find out today that Daniel, he predecided that they would honor God even when the consequences could be deadly. And we see the example of this when Daniel makes this decision in uh, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It's the American Standard Version that writes it this way. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. The New American Standard Version says, but Daniel made up his mind. He would not defile himself. Daniel predecides he would honor God. And do you know what predecide means? Means that you would decide in advance. Predecide. Predecide. I was also better at, at English. <laughs> but that word just means that you would make a decision in advance before the situation comes. And I believe that this is a way to relieve some stress that you might face in your life, right? Perhaps this is the one and only thing that you take away from the message this morning, but I feel like it's worth it that maybe you came in this morning just so stressed out, right? We all face moments of deep stress and anxiety. And when you pre-decide, you're avoiding the pressure in the moment to make that decision because there's power in pre-decision. And I love the way the Proverbs writes this and encourages us in Proverbs 16.3. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So with God's help, we can determine our course of action before that decision moment comes. So it may look like this in our lives. When I'm faced with blank, so you fill in the blank, I have pre-decided to blank. You fill that in. So when I'm tempted to make a big purchase or an impulse purchase, I have already pre-decided that I would wait three days before I do so. Or maybe when we're faced with worry, worry about a family member, a doctor's appointment, finances, your marriage, you've already pre-decided that you would take that burden to God instead of your usual cycle of coping mechanisms. And so Daniel, he knew what he valued. It was honoring God. So when he was faced with the temptation to worship a false God, Daniel already pre-decided that he would only ever worship the true and living God. He knew what he valued. And so then the question for us today is, do you know what you value? Is it integrity, faithfulness, purity, generosity? Because when our values are clear... Our decisions to pre-decide are easier. And so we find ourselves here in Daniel chapter 6, 
and it's decades and decades after Daniel has been brought to Babylon. And Daniel isn't dead, so we like to say God isn't done. He's not done using Daniel. And scholars believe that Daniel was probably around his 70s at this point in his life. And there's a new king in town, King Darius. And King Darius, he likes Daniel a lot. He thinks he's pretty awesome. And in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. We're like, yay, Daniel. Like, you're, you're rocking it. You're killing it. Like, you're doing a great job. He has a great track record. And he doesn't compromise his beliefs. And he honors the king and the king's interests. So let's keep reading, like, how, then how does he end up sleeping with lions? It says in verse 4, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful. Everyone say faithful. Faithful. Always responsible. Responsible. Say (laughs) responsible. You're getting excited. He was faithful, responsible, and completely, what does it say? Trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel would be in connection with the rules of his religion. And it was Daniel's coworkers who felt threatened by Daniel's character. And they determined the only way that they were gonna take Daniel down was to attack his faith. So they come up with this plan. They're like, okay, we're gonna make this plan. You know what, we need the king in on this plan, but we need to trick the king because he didn't select Daniel. So we're going to come up with this plan to stroke the king's ego and to uh, hurt Daniel. And so they decide that they are going to present to King Darius a law. Like, King Darius, you're so great. Everyone should worship only you. For the next 30 days, let's make this decree that anyone who prays or worships anything, uh, another human, another god, besides you should be thrown into the lion's den. And so King Darius and all his splendor is like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Yes, let's do it. And the king signs the law, and it cannot be changed. And verse 10 says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been changed, he... So now we're going to do multiple choice. Ready? It's like school today. No, multiple choice. A. He complained to everyone, strangers, the mailman, people in line in the store, his family members. B, he blasted the king on Facebook so everyone else knew how unfair the law was. Like, I'm going to share that. That was really good. Everyone needs to know how unfair this law was. Or C, he prayed to the king. He actually complied and prayed to the king, went against his beliefs. Or D, none of the above. What do you guys think? (laughs) D, Daniel did not react in any of those ways. It 
it says, verse 10, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. And, you know, I was talking to someone in between services, and they were like, that was a lifestyle Daniel had. He didn't just pray when the circumstance was bad. He prayed always, as usual, three times a day. And so the, like, like, logical side of me is like, Daniel, what are you doing? Like, this is a big mistake. Like, you're, you're acting crazy right now. But nothing changed for Daniel. He did what he always did. He worshiped God. He prayed. And I was, like, reading this and saying, like, well, after he learned that this law was made, why? Why did he still pray? And it's because Daniel, he pre-decided that he would honor God despite the circumstances, despite the situation, because circumstances don't define our position of surrender. And maybe today you find yourself in a foreign state, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual. Maybe today you walked through these doors for the first time or the 50th time and you feel like you don't have purpose, you feel like you don't have reason, we're so happy you're here. I'm so proud of you for coming to church today. Maybe you feel like with every step forward, it's like you take five steps This could be maybe in your marriage, maybe in your career, maybe in your parenting, relationships. And maybe today you could relate to Daniel's story. You could relate to his living situation. He's living in a foreign state, maybe subconsciously wondering, like, how did I get here? I just want to get out of this. Maybe you're here and you're just trying to figure out how to fit in. But whether it's physical or it's emotional, our external circumstances can certainly make us wonder, where is God and why am I here? And I want to share with you something that I found to be so powerful in my life. And I'm a little biased because I truly love reading the Bible and I truly believe it is alive. There is the Psalms, the book of Psalms, and it's filled with poems and um, poems, and I said poems already, songs and laments. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful collection. And I think that I found a psalm that can maybe put some words around how we can feel at times. It's Psalm 69. It says, God, God, save me. I'm in over my head. Quicksand under me. Swamp water over me. I'm going down for the third time. 
And maybe Daniel's prayer sounded like that. I don't really know, but do you know it's okay if your prayers sound like that to God? Or maybe Daniel prayed this a few verses down. He said, maybe maybe he said, do not let the floodwaters engulf me or the depths swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. We clearly don't know what Daniel prayed in that moment. But we do know he did pray because Daniel's circumstances, they didn't define his position of surrender to the Lord. And Daniel didn't conform to his environment around him, even though there was temptation to compromise. He prayed towards Jerusalem. And do you know at that time, Jerusalem laid in ruins? Do you know that Daniel prayed towards the future glory. He prayed towards the promised Messiah who's yet to come. Daniel prayed knowing a truth with certainty about God's character that I believe that you and I need to discover today. It was in Daniel chapter 2 that there was a situation at hand. And Daniel and his friends were we're going to be like off with their heads type of situation. No one could understand this king's dream. And so Daniel goes and he tries to understand the dream and he he just kind of buys him and his friends some time to hopefully figure it out. And you know what he tells his friends to do? Anybody? Pray. Pray. He tells his friends to pray in Daniel chapter 2. Verse 18, he urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. And that night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And then then Daniel praised the God of heaven. It's a beautiful moment of Daniel praying and praising God and receiving his mercy because he believed and he learned during that season of life that God was full of mercy. Daniel makes this statement in Daniel chapter 9 at the end of his life that the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving even though we've rebelled against him. Do you know that mercy is compassionate? forgiveness. Daniel knew God as a compassionate and merciful Lord over his life. And the truth Daniel knew is that despite his circumstances of literally facing death, God's mercy was available for him. Because our circumstances They don't dictate God's mercy. God's mercy doesn't change because God, he's always full of mercy despite our rebellious hearts. And so this morning, it's just really an invitation to know God how Daniel knew God is merciful and compassionate. I think this passage in Ephesians, which is in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 6, it says, But God is so rich in mercy, I 
And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And Daniel knew God as compassionate and merciful despite the circumstances around him. He trusted in God's character. Do you believe that God is merciful and compassionate today? Do you believe that he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son as the rescue plan for you to die on a cross for your sins, to go into a pit of darkness? And so what happens to Daniel when the other officials find him not praying to the king? Well, they went right to the king. They reminded him of the law he passed, and they told him, uh, Daniel's not following your law. You know what we call that? Tattletales. That's what they were. They were tattletaling. And it says in verse 14, hearing this, the king was deeply troubled. Like, I kind of don't feel bad for him. Sorry, this is like a segue, because it's like, like, they tricked you so easily. <laughs> and now he's deeply troubled. And he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. But there was no way out of this for Daniel. The king couldn't even figure out a way. So Daniel finds himself spending the night with some cats. Not those cats, guys. <laughs> those are my cats. Aren't they so cute? And even if you're not a cat person, like, you like my cats, right? They're the best? Yes. The answer is yes. No, Daniel did not find himself spending a night with those cats. Just wanted to show you how cute they were. He's found himself spending the night with some big cats, some big lions. And so in verse 16, it says, so at last, the king gave orders. He couldn't hold it off anymore for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. And I think that's a profound statement coming from a pagan king, a king that worshiped all gods, that worshiped all idols that really had no allegiance to the God of the Israelites. But he's aware of Daniel's God's power and ability to rescue. He just doesn't know it for himself. And so Daniel, what we found is he always pre-decided he would honor God, despite being surrounded by a nation that didn't care for his God. And now he's dinner for the lions. And you have to wonder, right? What was he thinking in that moment? What was happening in that moment? Like, you know, and we have this visual in verse 17. It says, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed the stone with his royal seal 
and the seals of his nobles. No one could rescue Daniel. It was not going to be opened. So Daniel is in a dark pit, receiving a punishment that even the king wished could be undone. Even the king thought Daniel wasn't guilty. And it's this moment in Daniel's story that's meant to point us to another man who goes, who was also not guilty, who also laid in a pit of darkness, the stone rolled over the entrance, who also predecided he would do the Father's will, even if it meant death and separation is Jesus. He prays in the garden of Gethsemane the night before he's crucified. My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. And then he prays, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Theologian Charles Spurgeon explains that Daniel is a type of our Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus, God's one and only Son, predecided to do the will of his Father so that you and I can be rescued and receive God's mercy. And what about Daniel? Right? What happens? Well, the king, he couldn't sleep all night. He probably was feeling pretty guilty. And first thing in the morning, he gets up and he runs down to the lion's den. And he calls out in anguish. In verse 20, he says, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you served so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? And I mean, he's probably half expecting just the lion roaring, right? Like, thanks for dinner. But the king, he's making this profound statement. He's confessing the power and protection of God, of Daniel's God. And what happens is, do you know, Daniel answers, Daniel's alive. It's a miracle. Daniel responds to the king. And you know what? I think if that was me, I probably would be mad at the king, right? I probably would want to give him a piece of my mind. But you know what Daniel does? He honors the king. He says in verse 21, long live the king. Because Daniel predecided he would honor God. Honoring God means you honor others. And so Daniel says, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions so they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, majesty. And Daniel points us not to Daniel's victory, but to Christ's. Because Christ went into the lion's den of sin and death for the redemption of his creation. And Daniel didn't have a scratch on him, but it wasn't because Daniel was so great and because Daniel prayed three times a day and got all the stickers on his chart. It was because he trusted God. He pre-decided that despite his circumstances, he would honor God with a position of surrender. And sometimes 
you and I, we pre-decide we're going to honor God and surrender. And it feels like the lions swallow us up whole. Pre-deciding to honor God, it will not always result in a lion's mouth being closed. And sometimes the lion attacks. And sometimes the job is lost. Sometimes the report is bad. Person dies. The relationship is broken. There's grief. And there's pain. And there's suffering. Jesus is no stranger to suffering. He pre-decided to do the Father's will, even knowing he would suffer. And when Jesus died that night on the cross, he did suffer. But do you know, the story doesn't end there. Suffering was not the end because on the third day, his tomb was found empty and Jesus was alive. Yeah, we could praise him for that. And King Darius, he alludes to this a long time before Jesus walks this earth. This is what he says. I find this remarkable. In verse 26, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. And he declares this, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. He rescues and he saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lion's den. And Jesus rescued us from the power of darkness, from the consequence of our sin. And so you and I, we get to pre-decide if we will receive his mercy and grace, his free gift of eternal life. And this morning, I just would love the opportunity to invite you to do this, to put your hope in Christ, to to remind your heart it's not about you, your circumstances, but it's about what Jesus has done for you, that Jesus paid the price, that Jesus went into the pit of darkness. And so we're going to pray. And if it's your first time praying this prayer, I want to tell you there's nothing special in these exact words that I'm saying. It's the position of your heart. And so if you would with me, close your eyes, bow your heads. Repeat after me, and if this is your first time, you may want to slip up your hand and say, it's me. I want to put my hope, my faith in Jesus. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, I believe that you died and rose again so I could be made new. Today I decide to put my faith in you. Thank you for rescuing me from my sin 
In Jesus' name, amen. And let's celebrate with those that are putting their faith in Jesus this morning. You know, if you put your faith in Jesus and you haven't gotten a Bible or a Next Steps resource, we want to gift that to you. Actually, someone paid for that for you to have to take home. All you need to do is stop at that table in the back and just say, hey, can I have a Bible? I put my faith in Jesus today. And the person back there will be more than happy to give that to you. But before we conclude, I do want to take another moment to pray for all of us here this morning. You know, Pastor Craig Rochelle from the Life Church, he said this, every, every decision you make is a vote for your future. And Daniel's story is a story, not of Daniel, but of God's faithfulness with a believer's pre-decision to honor God. So we're going to stand and we're going to pray. Yeah, you can stand now. <laughs> and I want to invite you just focus on those decisions. Maybe this morning that was the first time you made the decision to follow God. Maybe you need to think back to the moment that you did make that decision to follow God. Maybe it was five years ago, last year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it was. I want us right now to remind our hearts of the decision we made to follow Jesus. And I'm going to pray that we're going to believe that our circumstances will not dictate our hearts of surrender, that we will pre-decide to honor God. And then the team's going to lead us in worship one last time. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning that we are here. We are here hearing your words speak, Lord. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit is stirring in our hearts and reminding us when we first said yes to you, when we first received your grace and mercy, God, I pray right now for every person here this morning that they would search their hearts, allow you to do the work, Lord, allow you to dictate and determine the decisions that they make, not their circumstances, Lord. We pray against all fear. We pray against anxiety that holds us back from honoring you, God. We pray, God, that your faithfulness will continue to lead us and be in front of us this morning. I pray for the relationships here this morning, God. I pray that we would honor you above all else, that we would remember that it is by your grace that we are saved, that we would forgive others because we have been forgiven. I pray this morning for the person here that is struggling, Lord, with their emotions, with their feelings, Lord. I pray you remind them, you gave them those emotions and feelings and that they could walk confidently in trusting you above all things, God. I pray, God, that we would continue to learn to love you deeper, Lord. I thank you that we trust you 
in all circumstances and that we will honor you as we go out of those doors today, tomorrow, and the next, God. Remind us to pre-decide to honor you no matter where we find ourselves this week. In Jesus' name, amen.